Hello, Podfam, and hello, Rachel. How are you? I am good, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I got a tea here. I don't know if I've had this one on the show yet, but it's kind of like that perfect dessert when you're super full and can't actually eat dessert. It is called cinnamon bun. Ooh. Yeah. Have I, have that I sounds had that yummy. one? I don't know if I've had this one yet. I kind of just got it back in stock. No. No, I think you had like a cinnamon rubus I got my... one time. Actually, no, that was me. I had the cinnamon rubus. Yeah. Like I've got a cinnamon hearts, which I know I haven't had on here yet, but it's like one of my favorite teas. Um, this mm-hmm. cinnamon bun though, it's a rooibos tea and it's just like pretty basic in terms of uh, ingredients. It's cinnamon, cardamom, black pepper, ginger, cloves. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it. So right up my alley. Yeah. And it's spicy, but it still has like, I don't know, I don't know how they do it, but they get almost like a glaze taste to it too. So you you really are having a little cinnamon bun. Nice. Mm -hmm. Without having to eat a giant pastry at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And like just had dinner not too long ago, but I do like have some, like to have something sweet. So this will Mm do. Yep. Also, the great news of the day is we're actually recording on time for the first time in a couple weeks. We were actually (laughs) early. early. (laughs) That never happens. No. So this is going to be a special one for you guys. But I have my immunity booster tea today. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. I just really love, uh, I think it's the licorice. Yes. Oh, licorice teas. They're so underrated. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know which ingredient in kind of like the mix is the licorice. And I always try to maximize the amount of licorice in each uh, teapot. <laughs> just are you picking out individual leaves from your loose leaf tea? I yeah. But you know, you know so they make good. just the, you know they make pure licorice root tea, right? Yes, but I find like I still need part of it. I just try to maximize the amount of licorice. But I do think also just getting a licorice tea would probably be a good idea. I mean, we could always mix the licorice into the tea, right? (laughs) True. That's true. That is true. Well, now that we've discussed my fascination with licorice tea, uh, do you have a tea fact for me today or no, since today is one of the days where I actually remembered to ask you? I actually looked one up right now because you are drinking licorice tea. Well, sorry, licorice infused tea. How about we go through some of the things that licorice root is good for? Okay. I want to know because otherwise I'm just spoon feeding myself licorice and have no idea why. So let's go. All right. So I'll do a high level here. One thing licorice root tea is good for is a protection against infection. So you are drinking the immunity tea. So Beautiful. there you go. Your immune system already boosted with that licorice. Next Fantastic. thing, uh, gastrointestinal relief. Licorice Ooh. root is very good for an upset stomach. And, Ooh. oh, it also reduces acid reflux. All of which I've needed at one point in my life since I discovered this tea. So you know what? I feel like it's just the tea that was made for me and my um, occasional health issues. There you go. And there is more. Oh. Yes. Improved liver health. Nice. Anti-cancer activity. Nice. And promotes skin health. Nice. Oh, wait. That's for a topical. Sorry. Sorry. That's a topical. Maybe it maybe helps you if you drink it, but. 
<laughs> I didn't, I didn't hope- look close enough there. I probably should have seen, are you eating it or are you, are you applying it? I hope that uh, just drinking it helps because I don't know if this happens to you, but the week right before my period, I just apparently have started to get little mini breakouts. I swear every month my body just decides that it has a new symptom. Yeah, definitely can relate to the the PMS breakout. Not as bad as it used to be, but like there's just some months where it's just like, hey, <laughs> I've arrived. I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy on your face. Yeah, my face is pretty clear all the time anyway. So if it gets to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm having a bit of a breakout, I'm shocked. Yes. So hopefully that resolves itself soon because I was literally on the Sephora website today like, I need to buy all of the masks and all of the products so that this doesn't happen again. Yes. Just get like some spot treatment. Yeah. I I don't think me spending time on Sephora trying to find things to spend $40 each on was a good use of my time when really it'll probably be gone next week. Yeah, sometimes you just got to wait it out. I'm finding having to wear a mask, and especially now that we are in a heat wave, that is a struggle for my skin. Oh, it's so bad. But what are we going to be talking about today? Ooh, so today we're, we're kind of doing an interesting topic today, and that is setting healthy boundaries in friendships. Nice. That's going to pretty much be a history of our friendship. Get ready. Yeah, I think I think we've definitely been on a roller coaster and tested the boundaries with each other over the years. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. And we're still standing. So we clearly know something or at least we know (laughs) stuff that works for us. And we hope that we can help you with what we've learned over the years because we're really just going based off of our experience. Pretty much. So how about you start it off for us, Rachel? Sure. What have you learned about boundaries? (laughs) (laughs) So I actually did like a little bit of research uh, just to help shape our discussion today. And there were three types of boundaries that I thought were definitely applicable to our friendship and that I'd love to talk about today. And that is boundaries around your time, boundaries around emotions, and boundaries around validation. So how you receive validation and how your friend needs to be validated. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think those are great points to touch on today because when I think about boundaries of what I've crossed and and what people have crossed with me, Mm -hmm. it's usually one of those three things that comes up. Yeah. And there was two others that I looked at, one of them being physical boundaries. And I'm like, we could talk a bit about it, but that's never really been an issue with us. So I don't think I can speak to it with any sense of clarity. I just want to stick with these three because that's where we have the most experience and the most um, personal expertise, shall we say. Definitely. But just for our listeners who might have experienced a physical boundary, can you just do like a quick little rundown of a description? Yeah. So basically, my understanding of it was that the physical boundaries was how you share your things with others. So whether that's like your physical self Or say you're lending like a car to your friend to go drive or you're lending your friend a dress or a necklace, whatever. When it comes to your physical boundaries, say I'm lending you uh, my necklace, Laura, Mm -hmm. depending on how much you care about that necklace or just how I feel about my things, there's going to be particular conditions that I have with lending you that necklace. Like I would want it back the next day. And if you didn't, then that would be breaking my boundary. Right. It's also respect of 
the physical property. Like, you know, you wouldn't want your dress back with a stain or a tear or your necklace to come back like broken or knots. Exactly. Physical boundaries could be touch that people are comfortable with and not comfortable with. You know, there are huggers out there. There are non-huggers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like having respect for your friend's physical space, that, yes. so to say. That is a good summary. So why don't we start with time and our boundaries around time? Yeah. So with time, I think this is a a huge one when you're younger. Yes. And I don't know why. That's kind of what's coming up for me because it goes a little bit to that people pleaser. Like you want to be available for people. You want to be well received. You don't want to be, you know, left out with FOMO. Yeah. So I, yeah, I do kind of find like when, when we're younger in our friendships, we almost make too much time for yes. people. So we don't respect our own time boundary. Mm-hmm. But then as you get older, I think, you know, obviously lives get busier, you get working and just your friendships in general have a lot less time that you can commit to it. Mm-hmm. So then it almost does like a 180 where instead of having like so much time for your friends, now you actually have to consciously make time. What do you think about yeah. that? No, I agree with that. And trying to make time for people is a whole other ball game, especially when you have partners involved in work and such. And another thing that's super important around time and friendships is valuing the other person's time because I don't know about you, but I hate it when I make plans with somebody and the night before the morning of, they just cancel out of the blue. Oh, absolutely. Especially the older you get. Yeah. You know, when we were younger, it was kind of like, oh, no big deal. I wasn't doing much anyway. Mm-hmm. But now, like, let's say we, we plan to go for dinner on a Saturday night. There's lots of things that we could be doing on a Saturday that we have to turn down. Like, it's it's an opportunity cost. Sorry to bring it back to the business terminology here. <laughs> but, you know, an opportunity cost is you have to give up something to get something else. Exactly. So, if all of a sudden that time is not being fulfilled by what you planned it on, you might have already turned down other opportunities that you could have been using your time for. Exactly. And just the sheer amount of juggling that you have to do of your other responsibilities, just to even make time for dinner with that friend, it's a lot. So when pretty much you've restructured your life and maybe made it a tiny bit more stressful that week because you really, really wanted to see your friend, but you had a lot to do. It is kind of like a very anticlimactic moment when suddenly you're like, oh, this plan just isn't even happening anymore. Yeah, exactly. And um, just another thing on time, I know this is something that I've really gone through as I've left school, got more into my life, is that you have to consciously put effort and time into your friendships still. Mm-hmm. because I feel like that's the time where we really do lose a lot of friendships because before in university or school, you know, you had uh, so much time, like crazy amount of time to spend with people. And then when it's not convenient, who are those people that are going to stick it out with you? Yeah. You know, is it a type of friendship where, hey, maybe you only need to talk once a year and you can pick up where you left off? Or is it a friendship that needs a little maintenance? You know, you like to check in with each other weekly or once a month. So you need to learn to understand, okay, what does this individual friendship need? 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree about determining what your individual friendships need. And actually, on that note, I was going to say, and I don't know if you agree with this, but especially as I get older, when it is a last minute cancellation, where on my side, I made this plan with you because I really value our friendship and I have a lot of emotion attached to our relationship. It almost feels like that last minute cancellation is you're devaluing me. Yes. And I actually, I think that rolls really nicely into our next point of emotional relationship. And this is something I've really been working on for myself, for my friendships that take a little bit more effort and and time Mm -hmm. to maintain. I was really struggling with my energy in the sense that, you know, those friends were reaching out to me at a time where I wasn't able to give them the attention that mm-hmm. they needed, but I felt like, okay, obligated's not a good way to put it, but I felt obligated to give them that attention mm-hmm. and time because they were my friends. And something I've learned, and I've talked to this with, you know, um, yes. that spiritual lady, and she even brought it up out of the blue. And she's like, if you're going to speak to your friends, make sure you are in the mindset and the energy to accept accept Mm -hmm. them in because it's no use if they're trying to talk to you and you can't hold space for them and vice versa. So that's kind of where, because I used to like almost make a point of contacting, you know, whichever friends regularly, weekly, whatever you want to say, even if Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to. And now what I do is, you know, if I see a phone call coming in or text messages and a bunch of text messages are coming in, I'm just like, okay, am I in the mindset and the space to talk about what you want to talk about? Or do I need to say, hey, I want to talk to you about this. I just, I can't right now. And one thing that I was like kind of nervous telling my friends this at first, but then I was kind of surprised because they would flip it around on me Mm -hmm. and do the same when I wanted to talk about something. And I actually appreciated it. If I was upset or just, you know, needed to bitch about something, they'd be like, hey, I see you. I recognize you. But I'm not in that mindset right now to receive that. But, you know, I do want to talk about it. And I was just like, no, thank you. Because, like, when I talk to you, I want your full attention. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And – Yeah. So even from those friends, when I have said that to them, they have also been like, no, thank you. Like when we do talk, we want to make it meaningful and not, you know, someone's only half there. Yeah. It's removing the expectation that you have to be available to people all the time, which really nicely ties back to our original point about time. You want to give time and love to your friends when you actually have something to give as opposed to you're just filling up your cup a little bit and pouring it right back out. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know, maybe you can relate to this where now that I do put up that boundary of no, it's not the right time or I'm not in that emotional state to to receive, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like a better friend. Yeah. You know, like I feel like a better person because they're not getting my my snappy tired bitchy side exactly like they're getting (laughs) your loving side that wants to be their friend yeah that wants to listen that wants to help that wants to hang out and laugh Mm -hmm. um yeah so like personally I I just feel like a better person yeah because I'm not like that Debbie Downer naggy and it's not that I am like that 
all the time. It's just, you know, they might have tried to explain something to me when I was not ready or I was having a rough day myself. Yeah. So I just couldn't validate what they were feeling. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with all of that. And something that really rings true for me when I talk about emotional boundaries as well is the amount of energy I can put toward highly emotional conversations. Not highly emotional as in like arguments or whatever, but say, and I know that I used to do this to you a little bit, where somebody keeps coming to you with the same problem over and over and over again. And you've given them all the advice that you can, but they kind of want to keep basically beating around the bush, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and and maybe you can clarify this for me, Mm -hmm. where in those situations, were you really looking for someone to give you advice or were you looking for more like a sounding board ear to listen? I was definitely at that time looking for someone to listen because for me, mm-hmm. I pro- I process by talking. I need to verbalize and basically if I bring up the same situation and tell the whole story, it's because I'm trying to come to a new conclusion that I need to get to to get over it. But I'm more right. disc- talking about the people who they are coming for advice but they don't take the advice. So they just kind of keep going over the same issue over and over again. And by the time, like say we've talked about it 10 times, like you can get emotionally exhausted. And in that case, like I've definitely had to set boundaries before where I'm like, okay, I hear you. And I know that this is really bothering you, but I don't have capacity to go over this again with you. If you want to talk about how we can actively solve this problem, great. But I don't want to go over every traumatic play-by-play, if that makes sense. Yes, no, absolutely. And can definitely relate to that because it's just, it's emotionally exhausting for the person receiving. And I think if you flip it, that person is not being validated for their thoughts. Yes. Or like respect for their time. I mean, all of these things that we're talking about today, they're all connected. Yes. So I feel like we're going to be going back to time and emotions a yeah. lot. But that person who is just repeating and repeating, they don't have much respect for the person they're repeating it yes. to. Yes, which is um, a really difficult yeah. realization to accept as the person who is receiving. Like that's yeah, a very yeah. difficult it, thing to actually understand is that sometimes they're not necessarily coming to you because you're the best person to talk to about it. Sometimes they're genuinely coming to you because you've kind of become a doormat in that friendship where they can kind of just drop all of their shit on you and they know you'll be there to listen. Exactly. And this is just one of the hardest things that people can can do and it literally is putting that boundary up and saying, hey, you know, I don't want to receive this anymore. Like I I don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. this. And I think as a person, you can't be afraid to do that as hard as it is, you know, especially if you're telling that to a loved friend. That's really hard to say, hey, like Mm -hmm. I know you keep coming to me about this, but don't. Yeah. Something major I've realized with this is that If you set that boundary of like, hey, I do not have emotional capacity to deal with going over this over and over again anymore, I'm here to think about solutions, but the actual just ruminating on it, I can't do. If that's something where they throw a fit and kind of call you like toxic or say you're a bad friend, 
just for setting boundaries, then they might not be a good friend for you. Exactly. I was going to just go on to that point next where it's a tough world out there. You're going to lose some friends. You know, you're not going to have the exact same friends your entire life. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of a hard reality. Some people are just not meant to be in your life. And if they're not going to respect your boundaries, then why would you want them in your life? Exactly. And I always think that once one door closes, the other door opens. And wouldn't you rather look for a friend that does respect your emotional boundaries? Yes, absolutely. On that note, sometimes I am going through my own shit that I need to rant about. And Laura is breezing. So she's like, yes, I'll listen. Where other times, like, she could not listen to my problems, but I have capacity to listen to hers. Like, it's kind of a give and take. Yeah, and I can recall situations in the past couple of years where we have, you know, I've called you or you've called me, and one or the other has said, like, hey, I know, I like, I feel for you, but, like, I cannot talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll let you know when I can. Yep. And we've always been like, oh, okay, like, no, that's fine. Like, you're going through something and I don't want to, you know, unburden myself onto you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's fine. You know, there's no grudges held. This is just life, you know, like you just said, sometimes that person's ready to be there for you and other times they can't be. Doesn't mean that they're not your friend and that they don't love you. Yeah. Now, as we are on the topic of emotional discussions – because I feel like in some way, all of our discussions with each other are emotional. I think we should talk about the concept of validation in friendships. And with your friend, do you have the open space where you know you're going to be heard and you know that your ideas are going to be embraced? Not embraced as in they're going to be like, oh my God, that's a great freaking idea, Rachel. I mean, embrace it in a way where it's like, okay, that's interesting. Let's talk about it. Yes. Or like, I hear you. Let's discuss. Yes. So I think that at least for us, because you and I both think a lot and spend a lot of time in our heads, that having someone in your corner that you can bounce ideas off of and know that, you know, if you have emotional capacity for it, that they're going to (laughs) accept your ideas and be a sounding board is so important. But then again, ties back to emotional boundaries is like, okay, how much validation do you need? And can I give a lot of validating energy towards you today? Yes. And I think that goes back to just having respect for someone. Mm -hmm. On the topic of giving validation, but also receiving it, we haven't fully touched on one of uh, Laura's favorite topics. I enjoy talking about it. She she do enjoy talking about it. (laughs) Uh, Human design. And when we talk about validation, I think that Laura's specific human design makeup would be actually really great to tie in here to touch on somebody that that validation is so important. Yeah. So with human design, I'm really into it. I'm not going to go into the full detail, but I myself am a projector. So I am someone who likes to guide and teach people. However, it's not just like everyone. Mm -hmm. I resonate best with people who understand and relate to me Mm -hmm. and are open to receiving what I have to give in life. And where dissatisfaction is for me is when I'm surrounded by people who don't want to value my presence. So one example of that was when I was 
working in my previous job, yes, you know, I was trying to help push the company forward, but it was falling on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that, that really sets me back. So in terms of a friendship, you know, when we're talking about this repetitive behavior of someone, you know, only bringing up negative things or, you know, not validating advice they're asking you for and not valuing your time, for me, that is a very draining thing. Yes. Because I feel like used as a person. Damn. I didn't know yeah. where you were going with that. And now I'm like, holy shit, that was deep. <laughs> so I guess it's deep, right? Basically, like in a way, because of your makeup as a person, your boundary when it comes to validation is okay, are you actually taking the advice that I give to you? Because if you're not, that one completely devalues me, but I don't feel validated in any way. Yes, absolutely. That's kind of how I would feel in in a relationship where it's kind of all about that one person. And even though they're asking you for all of these things, they don't actually take any of it yeah. in. And I'm just like, well, what's the point? Yeah, it's just like, draining. You don't value my words or or who I am. Yeah, it's just draining you emotionally, which again ties back to emotions. Everything's so intertwined. Right? Time, emotions, validation. It's all one thing. It's all one thing. Yeah. I honestly, I kind of want to leave the validation at that because I think that's such a good example because for me, I find it's a bit important to me, but I have more boundaries around emotions and time. Yes. And and just you as a person, like how I know you, you're a very giving person. Mm -hmm. And for you, you know, like you just said, it's not so much a big deal if they take your advice or not it's more of a bigger deal for you if they don't like emotionally come to you in a in a good state or or they kind of waste your time or cancel on you yes yeah it's not so much them taking my advice it's just them disrespecting my energy and emotional energy by completely going over the same stuff and then not taking my advice so it's like by conversation number 10 then I'm like pissed that they they're not taking my advice yeah like if we were to split these three uh things up into like a pie Mm -hmm. I feel like like we all have all three slices here but some are a little larger than others so like your emotional is probably a little bit larger than mine where my validation would probably be just a little bit larger than yours yeah no I definitely agree so that is the three examples of boundaries that we definitely find are most applicable to us. So are there any specific examples in our friendship that you want to go over to kind of show how we figured it out with each other? <laughs> Just go like all out. Get salty really quick. I mean, I feel like we've worked through most of it, so I think we're oh, fine. No. We definitely have. And I think we do have some really good examples. I have like two or three Mm -hmm. that are coming to my mind just thinking of where to start before we like had the maturity in our friendship to you know recognize and understand each other definitely one would have been you being new in relationships Mm -hmm. and I don't know do you want me to bring it up I feel like I mean I feel like the literally the only example I have is from that time too so okay. like, let's just bring it up because definitely that was a really contentious time for our friendship. And I think that's where our boundaries actually came from. So I, we're doing a disservice to ourselves if we don't talk about it. 
okay, I'm ripping the Band-Aid off. All right. No, I I totally agree with you where this was the make or break point Mm -hmm. because it was like kind of tough sometimes. Yeah. Being like, okay, mm, are these like, are we two people that we want to have in our life? You know, as as, as two two people. Um, We're all fine now, guys. I promise. uh, Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. We have moved past it and we know how to read each other better. So this is definitely something that comes with time in friendships and fights. Mm -hmm. But definitely when you had your first boyfriend Mm -hmm. and, you know, I know where you were coming from because it was all very exciting. The thing about where it started from was, you know, you didn't really want to be at home anymore and you wanted to spend all your time with him. Yes. And it wasn't just me. It was like one of our other friends here where you kind of like moved into our houses and went between both of our houses, but we never even saw you. You just kind of like we're at our house but then you would spend all your time with with the guy yeah yeah that was that was a time where i don't even know which one that would fall under maybe that's a physical that's like physical a, and emotional I think boundary that ties in a physical but i think as well because the issue definitely came when i was spending a lot more time at yours because i was there for like two weeks i remember where i even yeah. think validation is tied in a bit there because it was like we come together and like we make each other dinner at the end of the night sort of thing. Like that's yeah, kind or of like a very... We would, we would sit and chat and like have a cup of tea, but it was like you would come home from your dates at like 1130 at night, mm-hmm. go to bed and then be like up and gone and repeat the next day. Yeah. So it was just like there's someone living in my house, but I don't see them. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, it's like I kind of think that's a tie between emotional and validation. Like you wanted – kind of your friend to be there and to have that experience but I wasn't valuing what you were giving me which going back to yeah your like, it's like almost going back to your projector self completely makes you feel not valued and devalidated yeah and it was kind of like respect of the space kind of of like the house being the the physical mm-hmm. boundary of being like okay you're in my house but like <laughs> where are you <laughs> I don't know I don't know when you come to my house or where are you <laughs> yeah I think that's kind of where our our age gap was showing a little bit because I had already kind of been through that phase of being, I don't want to say boy obsessed, but you know what I mean by that kind of first relationship and you want to spend all your time with someone. Yeah. But that was a really hard fall for us when you went back to school. Yeah. And it was was hard for me to make time for you because of that situation. Mm -hmm. So then whenever you came to me, I was very negative. Because yes. I, I guess I would like had this premeditation that you were just going to like use me a little bit. I don't know if that's. Well, I think there was definitely right way to some put it. like use you, but some of like abandonment stuff as well tying into that where it was kind of like we've always been pretty inseparable since we became like became best friends that suddenly I was just gone. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it was kind of like one feeling like I was using you. But at the same time, I was kind of like, OK, bye. I'm only here when I need you. Yeah. And then like when you went back to school and stuff and then it was just like I was gone for you because yeah. I was just like I can't hold space for you yeah so I think <laughs> damn this is like a good healing moment because <laughs> yeah like I mean we have discussed this in the past but it's been a while yes. we're having a revisit but I think on both ends which maybe it'll apply to something else but I feel like at least for me tying into where I'm gonna go with it like I did feel like a tiny bit abandoned which goes into those emotional boundaries, if you know what I mean. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if you felt that way with what I was doing, but yeah. 
Yeah, I think like we probably felt the same thing. We just have different labels of of what that is to us. Yeah. For me, it's abandonment. For you, it's my friend is using me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to put my wall up here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think our brains just work in different ways. So different labels. Exactly. But I want to get to the other example in our friendship where we actually worked through this. And that was actually in Thailand when we were on our trip together. Yeah. So, you know, we had spent a lot of time together, obviously, through Thailand. And then finally, we got to a place where we were able to have a little bit more separate time, like alone time for ourselves. And I know you were kind of going through some things and I was kind of going through some things. And that's where we really learned our different styles of how to deal with our internal emotions. Oh, yeah. No, I remember this because we were eating banana pancakes or something during one of these conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this was like our reconciliation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for you, and I know we've probably touched on this before in a previous episode, you know, and you already said it in this episode that you like to talk things out Mm -hmm. so you understand it and you like to be very immediate Mm -hmm. about it. Where for me, I'm like the silent thinker. Yeah. You're like, I'll tell (laughs) you when I've processed. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have to internally process it before I can come out with my words. Um, So very opposite in our styles. Mm -hmm. And then something we've definitely talked about before is that if you're being quiet, I know that that's my cue to reach out to you Mm -hmm. because you need to talk about something where if I'm being quiet, you're like, Kate, leave her. Yeah, (laughs) she'll come out. She'll come out later. (laughs) Yeah. When I actually think back, we process so much stuff. But when I remember back to it, as we were learning, okay, this is what you need. This is what I need. You started just to say to me, if I started to spin, remember where you're going. And that would kind of snap me. Yeah, that's how we kind of labeled it. That's how we labeled it. We Mm -hmm. had to label it for you of you spinning. Yeah. And then that was easier for me to recognize what was going on with you. So then I knew to step in and be like, okay, this is what you're telling me a lot. (laughs) Um, This is what I'm hearing. And so then I became a more effective sounding board for you because I could pick out what was actually wrong. Yeah. And then we could discuss and, and find a solution or whatever you needed for that situation. Yeah. No, I agree. That was a really good moment for us. Can we go back in time for me a bit too? Yeah, sure. Okay. Going back to that time where it's interesting now that we talk about it again, because like, I don't remember, like we're completely different people now than we were in 2015. Um, Yeah, it feels like 10 years ago. It honestly does. Like, who are they? (laughs) But I don't know them. I think that time when I had gone back to school, I had like a lot of issues come up around my like emotional boundaries in a way. Right. Because... No one was telling me that they were mad at me, but I could feel it. I would reach out and then as you were saying, it's like you couldn't give me the space. Right. And I kind of learned from that time like, okay, I understand. And we definitely weren't even self-aware enough to be like, okay, maybe that we're not doing the greatest things to each other right now. But what I learned from that was like, okay, for me, my emotional boundary is like I can't be ignored. Because yes. then I get like a lot of anxiety and very depressed. Right. And then as we just labeled it, you spin. Exactly. So it's like, even though you are just a tiny bit mad at me, and if I just said, hey, Laura, are you mad at me? We probably would have had it out and been fine. I was like, oh my God, 
our friendship is over. I'm never going to see her again, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I learned a lot about myself during that time. And my reconciliation moment that I remember was us in Toronto at that uh, Mexican restaurant in the summer where we had like eight margaritas or ciders or something and just, I barely remember walking home yeah and just suddenly you just like stopped and just looked at me and you were like I was mad at you for a while and it was like just hearing that I was like great thank you for telling me yeah and even though it was like long past it was just like oh okay like I, it all just kind of clicked and we're like okay now we're cool yeah so <laughs> you know? not that we weren't, we weren't cool but it just kind of made up for that time where it was hard for us to be to be friends yeah I think we learned the extent like we learned fully how to handle each other emotionally in Thailand but that was a good stepping point where you're like okay Rachel needs to be communicated with and Rachel just give Laura some space and she'll tell you eventually. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And now I think we're much better about being upfront mm-hmm. with each other. So like for me, now I know to ask you. Yeah. Be like, hey, you're driving me crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Rachel, you suck right now. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be like, hey, Rachel, like, and I, I think we actually touched on this in the past year, at least yeah. maybe two years now because of COVID time lapse. Um where I had picked out one of your patterns mm-hmm. in a relationship and not the current one that you're in, but someone you had been seeing. I was just like, oh, hey, you know, you kind of told me to let you know if you started doing this and I, I see you doing it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't afraid to tell you because I knew that's what you wanted to hear. Yeah. And I really appreciated right? it. I didn't want to hear it at the time, but I was like, you're right. Yeah. And then like to turn that around in your current relationship, you kept asking me, okay, if you see any of my patterns tell me Mm -hmm. and I remember us having this exact conversation of being like hey I've really noticed that you are not relying on these patterns again I see you you know growing and making different decisions and I'm really proud of you about Mm -hmm. that I know that I can come to you for clarification to be like am I giving our friendship enough time or am I getting swept up in this right which I think is not something I knew that I could do at 19 and kind of having that awareness now like really helps with us being like okay we are giving each other what we can and what we need in our friendship yeah and I think the most important thing is that we're communicating yes about it because it's not like we have this fragile relationship of being like oh I'm gonna tell you one thing and you're gonna get mad and then we're not friends anymore exactly (laughs) right like Like, you know we're we're big girls we can we can handle the truth exactly like I fully know at this point that if I was starting to spend like too much time I mean I spend a lot of time with him but too much time to a point where like I'm not answering you when you call which is a big point of our connection I know you would be like Rachel pick up the goddamn phone yeah I'd be like I know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) What I learned from that is like what we need from each other, the amount of time, it ebbs and flows because like when you first moved in with your boyfriend, I was kind of like, okay, she needs to get settled in this new life that she is moving into. So we'll talk on the weekends. I'll kind of give her space during the week. And I know that when I first started dating my boyfriend, like I kind of, you know, fell into the, oh, we're just first dating. And when we had a call about it, you're like, yeah, I knew what you were doing. If you were doing it too much, I, I would tell you. <laughs> what a healing moment. I love this. Yeah, I feel like this is a very healing episode for us. I hope our listeners got something 
out of it if they can relate. That may, you know, that makes my projector shine. Yeah. People who can relate to us. I know I got something out of it. So hopefully we can help you guys. Perfect. Yeah, this is such a moment. <laughs> Rachel's going to have a little tear. We should have a single tear. We've grown so much. <laughs> We've come a long yeah. way. I must say we have come a long way and I'm pretty happy with all the work we've done yeah. over the years. I think we have a pretty strong friendship that we're comfortable to come to each other about anything really. Yeah. But for, for our listeners, I would love to hear your point of view on relationship boundaries with your friends. What are some successes? What are some times where you had to let a friend go or, you know, set up that boundary? Definitely let us know. And if you have any tips for overcoming situations, mm-hmm let us know as well. Yeah. And even if you just want to talk about boundaries that you've set within yourself, I always find those really interesting because I wouldn't say that a boundary I've set that involves a friend is actually a friendship boundary. It's just more my boundary with myself. I'm like, okay, they're going to come and go and that's totally fine. Yes. No, that's absolutely a good point. Like these are your own personal boundaries, even within friendships, like they might change based on the person, Mm -hmm. but they are your boundaries. And honestly, it sucks, but sometimes people aren't very self-aware on the other end that it kind of has to be a boundary with yourself yes it does to kind of manage your expectations so if you want to tell us about those two I find those super interesting because I think that honestly creating boundaries with yourself is such a spiritual growth process that you're always changing and adjusting couldn't have said it better myself and if you have been enjoying our podcast Please also leave us a review and some stars. We would really appreciate it so we can grow our audience. And do you have anything else to say, Rachel, before we go? I do not. Again, I hope that you got something out of today's episode and have gotten something out of all the episodes prior to this because we really love doing it and we hope that you're enjoying our show because that would be really special to us. Yes, it would be. And if there's any topic, like I don't think we really have any topics that are off limits between us. So if there's something that you want us to discuss or if you want to join us on our show, I mean, let us know about that too because we are always open for a good discussion especially when it is all about growth and healing yes and on that note we are in season one of the podcast so we've definitely touched on so many different topics that we're interested in but if there's a trend like say you really love our health and wellness topics and you want to hear way more of those like 100% tell us and we'll work more into the next season we're just really trying to iron out who our audience is and what they want to hear Absolutely. Send us whatever you want us to talk about. We are here to talk. Yes, we are. And on that note, can you send us off for the day, Laura? Yes, I can. Everyone, live like tea. Live like tea.